episode 25. I've called this one Sex Games Gone Wrong. On Tuesday the 29th of May 2018, I was attending a trial at Hove Crown Court. Before trial started for that day, there was a delay while the judge remanded a Zahid Nassim. It only took a few minutes. A well-dressed man came into court and didn't really say anything. Those in thought would have thought he looked quite harmless, a middle-aged man of Asian origin. But he was remanded for the murder of a female at Crawley on the 25th of May 2018. So I made a note to take a closer look at the case as it looked an unusual one. A well-dressed, polite, middle-aged man accused of murder. At the time of his arrest, Zahid Nassam was 47 years of age and he lived at Elm Close, Amersham. His partner of 12 years, Helen Jervis, the mother of his two children. Elm Close is close to Amersham Railway Station, a private estate in a leafy suburb between the Chiltern Hills and London. House prices are around about a million pounds for a semi-detached property. Nassim was a freelance consultant, a risk manager for the large trading firms and investment banks in the banking district of the City of London. Risk managers are specialists who assess risks and implement plans and strategies to benefit the businesses and banks that employed him. During 2018, Nassim was working for the Toronto Dominion Bank, also known as a TD Bank. The TD Bank is the largest Canadian bank and has a reputation of being a stressful environment for its employees. They've described it as a pressure cooker environment that's poisoned, stress-inducing, insane and having zero focus on ethics. Nassim was on a reported wage of about a quarter of a million pound a year. Nassim's relationship with his partner was said to be non-sexual. The passion had long gone. He was said to be addicted to cocaine, alcohol and sex. Nassim would hire call girls to go to swinging parties and sex clubs. It suggested that this was an alternative hedonistic life that he led in contrast to his failed relationship and his stressful job. Nassim claimed that he had Obsessive Compulsive Disorder, OCD, and that he was always very tidy. He always had immaculate work tops, kept his books in alphabetical order. It was later claimed that he was diagnosed with a mixed personality disorder and may have had Asperger's. One of the clubs that Nassim would attend would uh, be the parties put on by Killing Kittens, or the Killing Kittens Parties. If you've watched the Stanley Kubrick film, Eyes Wide Shut, that will give you some idea of what the party is organised by Killing Kittens aimed to be like. One description of a party in central London described the event as being attended by about 200 people, known as members of the KK Army. Most in their early 30s, some younger, some older. The party would be in a club or a private house, or, the, as mentioned on the website, maybe even a yacht in Saint-Tropez. 
A pleasant evening with drinking, canopies, dancing and cabaret. But when the cabaret finishes, the hostess would wish everybody a pleasant evening, which seems to be the signal for the silver kitten age group to disrobe and approach other members for casual sex. Then it seemed anything goes. The founder of the club is Emma Sale. She had a background in financial public relations. Before having the desire to end the so-called slut-shaming culture which women faced if they indulged in casual sex. Her inspiration was the American TV programme Sex and the City, which promoted female empowerment. Similar clubs in the past have been organised by men, and Emma Sale said they were often seedy and disrespectful towards women, which gave her the initiative to start her own Kidding Kittens. Killing Kittens is woman-centred, and single men are not allowed to be members. They have to be invited to an event. When attending a party, men are not allowed to approach women. There's group sex, lesbian sex, one-on-one sex at the parties, where it is stressed that it's important to attend with an open mind. Another sex club Nassim attended was Cake. They organised parties in the USA and the UK. By invitation only. Cake was another club inspired by the emerging female sexual culture. Cake, an American slang word for female genitalia, is a woman-centred club which argues that society judges a woman to be a sexual deviant if she's into fantasy or experimentation or multiple partners. Cake wanted to encourage women to engage in their sexuality without judgment. Cake parties are very public affairs. There would be screenings from porn movies projected to 40-foot screens prior to the event. Everything from S&M to traditional to porn made for women by women. There are also sex toys on display for women to check out. Early club meetings included a female sex educator talking to attendees about female ejaculation, after which she would have a female friend massage her G-spot so that everybody could watch her ejaculate. The educator would then take questions from the audience afterwards about how it felt. Cake events included the unusual, the usual masked balls, but with a feminist message which tried to encourage women to become cakeified, which means a woman becomes empowered sexually and able to demand satisfaction. Sexual identity is examined and a female is encouraged to experiment. Heaven Circle is another elite sex club that was attended by Nassim. There's a guided tour of a London mansion on YouTube where the parties take place by the founder, Chris Reynolds Gordon. He's a founder of Heaven Circle and he explains the format of club. Downstairs with bouncy castles, beanbags, a bar, a band, while upstairs, lots of beds are put in rooms. In one room, there's 12 separate beds. These were attended by about 250 couples. Without being too unkind to Nassim, these, elect sex, uh, these elite sex clubs do vet those attending. They have to be attractive and sexy. And it's difficult to imagine him taking part in the activities. Also, there's said to be an upper age limit of 45, which would rule out Zahid, although he may have attended when he was younger. 
The vault was another venue said to be attended by Nassim. This is a fetish club with dungeons and glory holes, spanking benches and with restraints. People have sex in full view and the club is very voyeuristic. A little down market in comparison with the top end sex clubs. Perhaps the Antichrist Club in Vauxhall, South London can be described as a, as a down market option. Different rooms have different themes, but in essence a gothic fetish fantasy with heavy metal and rave music and no wanking warning signs on posters. All of these clubs encouraged female domination and in the Antichrist Club it was possible to hire a female dominatrix. It appears that Nassim was interested in BDSM, which is an acronym meaning bondage, domination, sadism and masochism. He'd been using escort girls for the previous 10 years and he liked to be dominated by a woman. Psychology textbooks suggest that a male who is a sensation seeker and is easily bored is likely to prefer a dominant partner for sex. Drug taking will help disinhibition and impulsive behaviour by a dominant partner. The dominant partner may provide the excitement required to keep them stimulated. Professional dominatrix tend to be emotionally detached and mysterious as it's usually more about power and control than sex. If the dominatrix becomes sexual with a submissive, she loses her power. Figuring out and meeting a submissive's need is the main high for many dominatrix, although of course money is the main motivator. Christine Abbotts was born on the 25th of May 1988 at Stourbridge, an affluent Midlands town not far from Birmingham. Her mother was Finnish and her father British. Christina had a private education, after which she studied business at the Royal Agricultural University at Sirencester. Later she started but not, did not finish a course at the Oxford Brookes University. Christina had moved to London after having had jobs in the events industry and in an estate agency. She was very much a people person. She had worked abroad in countries as diverse as Dubai and Lapland. While in London, Christina worked in the IT sector on sales. She had a lot of what her family describes as posh friends, and she liked to travel, for example, to Brazil and Mexico. She was described as a social media addict and a socialite who had a party lifestyle and liked to visit the theatre, polo and ascot. The family said that they had been worried about Christina's safety and finances as she lived in London, but she was proud. She was said, she was told us that she was okay. Howard Joseph, a pilot and friend of Christina's, who met her while she was working as a caterer in South Africa, said she enjoyed going out and partying. She was very personable. She was a very enjoyable person to share time with. She certainly drank a lot, partied a lot, and lived life to the full. I'm not someone to judge if someone's an alcoholic or not. We knew she took cocaine, but assumed that was normal for the people that she mixed in London with. 
Christina was described as always happy and always trying to look after friends. She was just a really, really lovely person. She was quite political and strong-minded. She had her views, but never let it affect when she met anybody. She was always ready to give somebody a chance. Howard Joseph said his ex-girlfriend, Natalie, had been jealous of Miss Abbott's, wrongly assuming they were in a relationship. It was thought that Natalie had been hassling Christina online, and she was later described as a female stalker. Christina had a secret life as a high-class escort, advertising on adultwork.com under the name Tilly Pexton. The Adult Work website is a contact site for prostitutes catering for a spectrum of different tastes. Those advertising state clearly what they will provide. Tilly describes herself as a well-spoken city girl with the face of an angel. She was thought to have charged between a thousand to stay a night with a client, but later was reported as charging three and a half thousand. Christina had been living at a flat of a friend, Paul Nuttall, in Crawley, West Sussex, since January 2018, whilst he was away travelling. She was flat-sitting. It's a modest top-floor flat at Higgins Hill, Glossop Glean, uh, Crawley. Considered a pleasant part of Crawley, which is a new town built in the 1950s next to Gatwick Airport. One of Christina's clients was Zahid Nassim. They met in total just three times. On their first meeting during April 2018, they met in an expensive London hotel where Christine tied him up, led him on hands and knees by a lead and asked him to drink wine from a saucer on the floor. This was providing the domination service that Nassim wanted. For the second meeting, they met in the city, eating at a French restaurant, the Coq d'Argent, on the rooftop garden, and spending the night at the Ned Hotel, the five-star hotel near St Paul's Cathedral. For the, excuse me, there's a chicken outside. Let's close the window. For the third meeting, on the 24th of May 2018, Christina met up with Nassim and the pair took an Uber taxi to Crawley, stopping at Asda supermarket because there was no Waitrose nearby, to buy a couple of bottles of Christina's favourite champagne, Verve Clicquot. Nassim is said to have paid £2,000 to the person whose flat Christina was, share was staying. CCTV in the store shows Nassim appearing to kiss Christina on the head while they are shopping in the aisle, suggesting that the relationship had taken a new dimension for Nassim. And if Christina was providing a dominatrix service for Nassim, she was losing control of the situation. They then went back to the flat where they ordered cocaine from a local dealer who delivered. The last time anyone received word from Christina was a text to her father just after midnight on the morning of her 29th birthday to say, love you. Christina had booked the Park Plaza Hotel in London for her birthday party on May the 25th in 2018. She'd been due 
to arrive there at 5pm to meet a close, long-term friend, Roshan Parig. She was due to meet at the Park Plaza County Hall Hotel in London, where she was planning to stay, but she never arrived. A close friend, Tiffany Price, had been texting her during the day, but received no reply. It was very unusual for Christina not to contact her friends on social media, especially on her birthday. No one could find her later in the evening at Janet's Bar in South Kensington and the nearby cocktail bar Eclipse, where the party had been arranged. Roshan was worried for Christina's safety after the stalking incident and decided he would search for her as she was not taking phone calls. When Roshan drove from London to her flat in Crawley, there was no reply to his call, but he could see a glow from a computer screen in the flat. Still, no one answered the door, so he raised the alarm with the police at about 10.30pm on the 25th of May. The police smashed down the door of the flat at about 2.30am on the 26th of May. The videos of what happened are on, video, uh, are on YouTube. These were the videos shown to a jury. Roshan, who waited outside the flat while the police entered, said that when they came out he could tell by the look on their face that something tragic had happened. The police had found the body of Christina. She had been battered on the back of her head with a black object, which later proved to be a pestle, and she had been strangled. It later emerged she had received 13 blows on the back of her head. Nassim was also in the flat, lying on a sofa dressed in just a bathrobe and pretending to be asleep. It was noticed that his eyes were flickering. Nassim seemed to be in an intoxicated state, and had alcohol, cocaine and poppers on the table next to him where he was laying. Nassim's bloody fingerprints were later found on a bath, a meat cleaver and Christina's phone. Stuart Plumley was the first paramedic on the scene. and He told Nassim, Wakey, wakey, I know you can hear me. Come on, mate, open your eyes. Eyewitnesses that had been disturbed by police activity that had said to have flooded the area said that a man covered in blood was taken away in a wheelchair. It was thought that Christina's father had also arrived at the flat looking for his daughter after it became clear she had missed her birthday celebrations. He had been cold calling on neighbours asking for any information that they may have on his daughter. After being examined by medics, Nassim was taken by the police to the custody suite and questioned. Nassim is said to have burst into tears and holding his head in his hands saying they had nothing to hide describing himself as someone who had suffered from OCD and who was a freelance risk manager for investment banks and says he's been working in London before leaving to spend the evening with Ms Abbotts. He told police that Christina is a bubbly and friendly person but can also be very dogmatic. Nassim tells police that Christina's line of escort work was not uncommon saying there's lots of well-educated young ladies who realise there is another side income that's available if they meet the right people. On tapes released by police and available on YouTube, Nassim is dressed in grey casual clothing and is saying that he doesn't remember what happened. Although not on tape, it's recorded that Nassim told the police that he wasn't some hyper-functioning psychopath. 
He admitted to have been attracted by her profile, Christina's profile, describing her as a privately educated city girl. Although he did not consider himself violent, he did claim to have memory lapses. Nassim had stayed at the flat for 12 hours after he murdered Christina, and while he was there, he had sent pornographic pictures and films to another sex worker, and said how he wanted to make Christina feel degraded. It appears that Nassim was not expecting anyone to be disturbed at the flat, or expecting anyone to come looking for her. Or was it just that he didn't have a clue what to do after the murder? After he killed Christina, Nassim texted his long-term partner, Helen Jervis, saying, It's too late. I'm sorry. Life's not going to work out for me. Helen replied with, Why? What have you done? To which there was no reply. The Sussex police launched Operation Greyhill to investigate the death. The family and friends of Christina learned about the secret life of Christina, which came as a shock to most of them, who said they had no idea of her escort activities. When the police questioned fellow escort girls that Christina had worked with, they said that Christina was addicted to cocaine. It used to be a social thing with her, but she was losing control, and now she could be quite reckless. Another escort girl called Holly McCormack, who had become good friends with Christina, and they had visited a client together the previous week, said that she drank a lot. She took cocaine most days and seemed addicted. Holly thought that Christina did not like the thought of getting older. Holly also thought that Christina did not carry out sufficient checks on her clients. The trial of Zahid Nassim began at Lewis Crown Court on the 11th of December 2018. Opening the prosecution, Christopher Trahant-Rani told the eight male and four female jurors that Mr Nassim stayed at the flat for 12 hours after Ms Abbott's died, sending pornographic pictures and films to another sex worker and pretended to be unconscious when the police broke down the door. The prosecution went on to say... The assault Christina Abbott suffered, which resulted in her death, was brutal, savage, unnecessary and pointless. She had had an active social life, and unknown to many of her friends and family, she was a sex worker. In some quarters, she would be described as a high-class escort. In his defence, Nassim claimed that he was never violent, but it was not uncommon for him to have his memory lapses. He tried to explain his relationship with Christina, who he paid as an escort. He searched for her, her websites and he rated her performance as a sex worker, telling another friend, luckily I'm here to protect her from harm in those sick, per sick perverts out there. I don't want to break her. In another message to a work colleague who called her a hooker, he responded, how dare you, she's impossibly posh. Nassim insisted the pair did not fight and he had not hit her, but said when he realised that she might be dead, instead of calling an ambulance, he went back to the living room, snorted four or five lines of cocaine and drank vodka. The next thing he claimed to remember was waking up in hospital. When officers searched the property, there were no signs of forced entry and Nassim's fingerprints were found in blood in the bathroom on the mortar, the other half of the pestle set. 
in the kitchen, as well as on a blood-stained bottle of brandy. And there was the cocaine and poppers that were found. It is possible that the pestle and mortar had been used to grind the cocaine into finer powder. The court previously heard that Nassim claimed to have woken to find her dead and had no idea what happened. But now he was conceding for the first time that he did inflict the injuries, but claiming it was self-defence. Nassim told the court that he turned to escorts when his whirlwind romance with his partner fizzled out and they grew apart. For the best part of a decade he had hired sex workers, drank on an almost daily basis and took cocaine. He said his job, which took him to New York when working for Merrill Lynch, was stressful, but he was devoted to his children and tried to spend all his spare time with them. He drank on an almost daily basis and took cocaine, telling the court that that behaviour was common in the financial district of London. Nassim sat in the witness box and told the court that Christina Abbotts began strangling him as she sat on top of him. Jurors heard that Christina listed BDSM on her profile under services that she provided. And Nassim told the court strangulation was something that she suggested for fun after trying it with other clients. He said, while it was still in the silly stage, I didn't have any issue with it. At some stage, she took hold of my neck and didn't let go. He admits that a red mist may have come over him. I did try to push her off, and I couldn't push her off, and all of a sudden I realised I was beginning to choke. I was being strangled to death. I just reached out and grabbed the first thing that came to hand to stop her. I think I did everything possible to stop her from strangling me to death, because if I had not taken that action, I would not be alive today. He told the court he started remembering the incidents in mid-August or September, after he spent time thinking while on remand awaiting trial. He said no other escorts had accused him of violence. When he was initially questioned by the police, Nassim said, I can't turn the clock back. I can't change things. But do I wish any of this outcome? No. It's two lives ruined, and many others as well, probably. In the recordings of police interviews previously played to jurors, Nassim said that he did think about calling out for help. Then he thought, well, what the hell's going to happen next? I can't see anything positive coming out of any of this. He had previously denied being responsible for the repeated and prolonged attack, telling officers, it's not me. I'm not that person. During cross-examination, the prosecutor, Christopher Trahani, dismissed his evidence as nonsense and a pack of lies. He suggested Nassim became angry with Christina and carried out the brutal and savage attack. It has been suggested that Christina had not really cared much for Nassim and increased her fee to try to put him off. But he was obsessed by her and promised to pay £3,500 a night to stay with her. Because he was prepared to pay so much and buy cocaine to which she had become addicted, she felt she couldn't refuse. During the drink-drug-sex session, Nassim may have asked her to be his girlfriend, and when she told him she wasn't interested, he may have lost control after becoming obsessed 
and being emboldened by the effects of the cocaine. The jury took about four hours to return a guilty verdict on Friday the 21st of December 2018. There were hushed gasps from Christina's family in the public gallery. Nassim shown little emotion as the verdict was read out, looking straight ahead. Judge Christine Lang jailed Nassim for life, saying his minimum term would be 19 years, by which time Nassim would be 67 years of age and given his previous luxury lifestyle, his addictions, his personality disorder, he will find jail life very difficult. Judge Lang went on to say the attack was of extraordinary ferocity and the terror in the final moments of her life are unimaginable. Nassim's unsettled work situation may have caused stress and this would have been a contributing factor. Lang suggested Miss Abbott's line of work put her at greater risk of harm. She had chosen to earn her money in a business that is as old as time, and one which always carried with it a huge risk of danger, as this case sadly demonstrated. A detective for Sussex Police, Emma Heater, disagreed with the judge's comments, saying that Miss Abbott should have been safe, and the only person responsible for Christina's death, Christina's death is Mr Nassim. She added many jobs carry risks, where you have to meet and deal with strangers. Emma Hitas went on to say that the trial had been very difficult for Ms Abbott's family as they learnt these details of her life. Emma Hitas said police never believed Nassim's claim that he acted in self-defence, fearing for his life during a sex game gone wrong, mainly because of the number of injuries. It was a brutal, sustained attack on Christina. It went far beyond any self-defence could ever cover. Christina Abbotts thus joins the number of women killed by men that they have tried to blame on a sex game gone wrong. There's a website called We Can't Consent to This, which gives a list and a positive history of women in the UK who have been murdered in recent years by a male who has blamed the death on a sex game gone wrong. Recent cases include, in April 2019, this very month, Anna Florence Reed, aged 22, from Harrogate, North Yorkshire. She was discovered in the bathroom of her hotel room in Locarno, killed by Mark Schultzel, aged 29. In March 2018, Mark Bruce, 32, killed Chloe Myazek, 20, after meet, just meeting her and claimed to have died during sex as a result of erotic sophistication. March 2018, Richard Bailey, 41, claimed Charlotte Teeling, 33, died accidentally during rough sex at his Birmingham flat, just hours after they met in February. Bailey was sentenced to 29 years and had a history of domestic violence. Well, I'm sorry that this is another tale of depravity. I intended to produce a lighter subject for my next episode, which did not, does not include sex or murder, so I shall be working on that one next. I'd like to thank Damselfly for providing the background music. I'm playing tracks of the latest album, which is released, available on Bandcamp. 
And I'd like to thank you all for listening to this, and hopefully we'll speak again later. If there's any comments you'd like to make, please put them on the Strange Stories UK Facebook site. Okay, thank you then. Bye-bye.